Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories. I tell people all the time when they listen to my show or watch my show, you need to start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by other people's success because their stories can offer you direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and your committed effort. But remember, the interviews I bring on this show allow you as a consumer or business owner to access interviews with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I have two of the biggest industry decision makers on my show today. My next two guests are Benny Boone, well-known director, and Solomon Onita Jr. Benny Boone is one of the executive producers of Tasmanian Devil, and Solomon Onita Jr. is the writer and director of Tasmanian Devil. Here's a little history on my man Benny Boone. He is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, as is Solomon. <laughs> he directed a much-anticipated Tupac Shakur biopic, All Eyes on Me. He has dominated television and streaming platforms. Benny has directed episodes of NCIS LA, uh, Black Lightning, and All-American, The Quad, and Tales at BET, Lee Daniels' Empire on Fox. Now, in August of 2020, the Tasmanian Devil earned Solomon Onita Jr. the inaugural John Singleton Director Award for the Best First Feature at the 2020 American Black Film Festival. Tasmanian Devil is streaming on all platforms, especially Amazon, iTunes, and Fandango. Please welcome to my man, to Money Making Conversations, Benny Boone and Solomon Onita Jr. How you doing, fellas? How you doing, man? I Got a couple of apples on the call right here. I think that's important to say this because we're talking about a movie by pledging and mm-hmm. and that the you know I, I've seen a lot of different versions uh I know I was fortunate uh, I used to do sitcoms and I used to I wrote an episode with sister sister when it was on the air and it, we did uh my man uh Brian McKnight he was mm-hmm. a star in the sitcom and we and, and you know when you start talking about fraternities and sororities and if you if you make anybody walk in the straight line or anybody do something against their will then no national branch of fraternity gonna mess with you because that's hazing that's hazing right. you know even right. if you say walk in the straight line or if they bow down to you if they say yes sir that is a form of hazing just want to explain to people well, why they didn't use FIA in the you can't that's hazing and if you acknowledge that use in a movie then it can come it can come back and bite them in some form of a lawsuit because they can use that well you acknowledge this portrayal in a movie here so that's why even though they're members of FIA they can't use it because guess what the images that they're portraying in this movie, which are very realistic, by the way, and I'm not saying anything negative, because guess what? It happened to me when I played Jamaica South Fires. In fact, it was pretty much worse <laughs> in certain situations. But, you know, I have nothing negative about that, Benny and Solomon, when I talk about this, because I will tell you this, pleasure Omega Sci-Fi, as you would probably say, pleasure in the FIA, it changed my life. How about you guys? Uh, for me, 100% changed my life. I pledged uh, Spring 91 mm-hmm. at Temple, at Temple University, Pyro. I was a solo pledge, so it was a very, very, very difficult uh, ordeal for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it definitely changed me from a boy to a man. I was 19 years old and I had, uh, I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those things, you know, that I was grappling with as a young man, I was molded and guided 
by um, by my bros, you know, the big bros at the time. And so it really changed my life, guided me, matured me really quickly. And uh, I appreciated every single day, you know, uh, what I was what I went through and what I was able to make it through. How about you, Solomon? Uh, for me, I had a very similar experience with uh, with uh, pledging Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, what I showed in the film is not necessarily my exact experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I made it a fictionalized version for entertainment purposes. Uh, but the uh, the lessons and the values that these organizations uh, give young men is, is what I was trying to depict through film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the journey that my lead character takes throughout Tasmanian Devil is something similar that I experienced, you know, gaining self-confidence, gaining that brotherhood factor that uh, that, you know, really propels you to that next phase of your life, especially as a young man. Well, you know, it's interesting, Benny, you say you pledged when you was a freshman. I was a senior when I pledged. So, you know, they, they hit me hard. Why you wait so long? Why you wait so long? Huh? Old dude trying to pledge with all these young people. And but and I, and I and I say that because I was lost, man. And that's what I see in this movie, Tasmanian Devil. It's a young man who's lost trying to find himself. He's from a foreign. He's from another country. His mom is back in the country where he's coming from. His dad. I guess there's a disconnect because his dad wasn't with him as he grew up and became a man. And so he comes over here and the manhood he receives is really from the relationship he creates with these young men in the, in the, in the fraternity he's trying to pledge. Am I, am I reading it right? That's, um, that's exactly right. I think that uh, the one thing for me, when I read the script, you know, Solomon, uh, Solomon's producer, Trisha Woodgett, got the script to me and, mm-hmm. and, and my company mm-hmm. and we're looking for um, producers and financing and stuff like that. And so when I read the script, I was so familiar with the pledge process right. that that wasn't the first thing that jumped out of me. The first thing that really jumped out of me was the relationship, the father son relationship mm-hmm. in the film. And I felt like reading that script, you know, whenever you read a piece of material, um, you try to find the commonality of the story that that you think everyone can relate to. So everybody can't relate to for pledging or hazing or the uh, black Greek life or black colleges, but everybody can relate to their own relationship or dynamic with their mother or father. And to me, that is the strength and the foundation of this film, um, that relationship that, you know, um, where 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 Dio comes to America thinking that, you know, he looks at his dad as a god, right. you know, and he comes to America and he's falls very short of that. You mm-hmm. know, you're also talking about in the film, he's a man of God, he's a missionary and a pastor. And so we have that dynamic of faith um, in the film, which is also something that, I, I you know, I'm, I like to talk about in the film because I think it's an important factor when, when in this story. Well, you know, it was important to me because you know, here's a guy, he left his family, right? He left his wife. His wife had to raise a young man. And we all know the dynamics of the importance of men in a boy's life. And he wasn't there in those important formative years. And basically he was, only reason he came to him, I'm not going to tell the story. It was, it was, it was kind of like happenstat that he actually was in the States to be with his father. But his father Explain to me, Solomon, what were you trying to achieve in the in the in the arc of the character with the father? Because you're the writer and the director. What were you achieving in that relationship? Because I hear what Benny said, and I'm agreeing with you saying, Benny, and because my father was a disconnect with me. You know, even I loved him to death, you know, and uh, but we were not that tight father son relationship. Uh, for me, when it came to the father of Tasmanian Devil, uh, it 
it it kind of mirrored my relationship with my father. My mm-hmm. my, my dad is also in the ministry, mm-hmm. and off, and often he would leave to Nigeria to other countries mm-hmm. on missionary trips to mm-hmm. uh, you know because he he works in um, in like radio broadcast and in in order to kind of you know spread the message of Christ, and so. I was looking at that when I was when I was growing up and I was thinking, you know, he's leaving his family in order to push the gospel. And so, you know, his his attention is being carried away from things that I thought he should have, you know, been at home trying to nurture us as we were coming up. But he, he was instead doing other things. So for me, it's like that was the most interesting part of, of, of the character for me, because I thought the arc there was he puts more value in this out is in this external system of, of religion versus his own family. And that's what I was trying to portray. Well, you know, when I, Benny, you know, you know, I mentioned the different television shows you've done success mm-hmm. in the film industry. And then you get a project that comes to your production company, Tasmanian devil, you know, is it, is it the character structure or is the content of what the script, brought to the table that really excited you the most or was just the familiarity of the background because you are, are a member of uh, Alpha Phi Alpha? Well, it was a combination of things. I think part of um, part of our responsibility as uh, in these fraternities is something that's important. And I think over the years, it has gotten lost on on, on all of us. Right. You know, not just Alphas, not just Qs. All of us, we, we've sort of we've taken a back seat to what we're supposed to be doing. And what we're supposed to be doing is giving back to the community. Um, we're supposed to reach back and bring other people up regardless of what, I mean, I would have had this film come to me, Solomon not been an alpha and he was a, a, a you know, a Q or a noob. I would have been involved in the same way. Cause that, right. that wasn't the reason why. Um, what I wanted to do was to be able to help a young man who wanted to be, or who is a filmmaker, tell his story and not be held back by what happens when you make a studio movie when producers who've never made a movie before or never directed or never written have all these notes and ideas and thoughts and all this stuff and it goes against what you want to do creatively right so Mm -hmm. what i what i wanted to do was help shepherd him in this into this industry in a way where his full vision can be achieved. The way he thought about the scenes, the way he wrote the scenes, the way he directed the scenes were his vision. At the same time, um, because of the experience I had, I wanted to give him some notes and some ideas, but never was I uh, in a position where I said, yo, you got to take these notes or it's going to be whack. No, I would offer my ideas to him. Some he took, some he didn't. And I respected, respected them both the same way. Um, because the point of the matter is when you make a film, you have to, as the director and writer, you have to live and die by that film. So I, I just wanted him to make sure that he was solid and stood solid on the ground in the decisions that he made. And my whole goal was to be here to support him. And I think it's really important, Solomon, that you did have someone who had the, the, the fraternal experience, the pledge experience. Because I'm going to tell you something, man, really enjoyed the movie. 
I was I, I smiled because it brought back memories. You know, somebody's trying to sneak in their friend. You know, when they were greasy people making stuff fire. You know, when they was greasy, it was like you know I was going through if I was going through see it through. I was, just, I was going. Yeah. But I was just, it was like uh, you can keep your head and all about you losing theirs and blaming it on you. I'm going whoo. You know, it was like it was it was. And the reason I'm excited about it, and I want to highly recommend this movie, is because you know it's a collegiate journey because you know people on the outside saw what we experienced and then you have the people who experienced it and, and can share that 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 firm belief but this is why i feel it was important that benny was part of this this this, this boot to do scene and uh process because it didn't go over the top nothing in this movie i went that's some crap well, why are they doing it? We, we would never have done that. Dude, it stayed on a level playing field. It didn't go to the extreme because you know where it can go. But it was not nobody jumping out of a plane, somebody jumping out of a car, somebody robbing a store because they're trying to get some. Everything that was asked in this movie by the young man actually happened to me. Or I asked somebody to do it for me when I became a big brother. <laughs> That's important, Solomon. And I believe it. What's your What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to show almost like a standard view of what Hazen is. I mean, a lot of people have seen Hazen from other black films like Stomp the Yard and um, Spike Lee's movie. So we have a knowledge of Hazen already. I didn't want to get too deep into, you know, what different organizations do, because that's not what this is about. You know, right. I created a, I created a film that's outside of MPHC. So I just wanted to show a generic uh, hazing process or pledging process to use that as a vehicle to to show what it's like to, to enter this organization and then uh, compare, and contra- uh, compare and contrast that to the religious aspects of it and to the, you know, him trying to assimilate to American culture. Uh, so that's why I, I kept it very surface level. I just showed stuff that people probably already know about hazing or pledging. Well, you know, someone, I, I don't want to, I don't say yourself short. Um, it, it's about an experience, and and you know, as a person, and you both, you both have pledged. You know, Benny pledged by himself. I pledged with three other brothers. I pledged with a fifth one, but we were going to run, and he jumped out of the car while it was still moving, so we went down to four. So that's how extreme pledging can be, you know. And then ran back to the dorm room. He wasn't gonna get out of his bed. I quit. I quit. I'm done. And I, I know the first day, just share some experience. I did get hit on the first day that we were with a board. I got paddled, you know, because my, 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 my lion brothers knew. I didn't know them. We just all pledged at the same time. We're playing cards. They said, look, look at we serious now. However many points y'all lose by, that's how many times we're going to hit him. <laughs> it was really? Okay, they just, they, and the points kept totally like, oh, and in my mind, I'm going, are they serious? They're up to 100 points here. Damn. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and it all real. It was 184 points they lost Talk about by. about the Century Club. Come early. on now. Come on now. And I got hit 184 times on my first day. And I'm not saying that's a badge of courage. I'm just saying that that in that point of life, you make decisions. And I think that that's what this movie is about. It's a decision-making movie. It's a decision about relationships. It's a decision about his dad. It's a decision to come over there. It's a decision how people look at you. When he finally stood up to homeboy, they told him, he, you know, started calling 
calling him names and he stood up for him the first time because he thought he was soft because he had a soft tone and he wasn't aggressive. This is a really great movie, Solomon. And I, I, It's not about the levels that you deliver, it's the story that you're telling, man. And Benny, I'm sure you played a major role in that. And I'm not trying to undersell this. I'm just selling it right, man. It's, I enjoy I will watch it again because I watched it this morning. Whenever I do interviews like this, I don't like to watch a movie three days or four days. I like to watch it the day of. So I got up at 4 o'clock this morning mm. and I watched the movie in its entirety. It's a one hour and 59 minutes. I know. I watched it. <laughs> and I enjoyed it and I went, wow, this is really good because and the lead character is amazing. It plays Dale. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. Abraham, yeah. You know, the one thing, too, I, I, I want to say the culture of the, the cultural aspects of this film are important. And, you know, when when we made this movie, we didn't, you know, this was pre-pandemic. This mm -hmm. was pre-George Floyd and all these things. And I think one interesting factor about it is that um, as as Africans in this diaspora of America, we, we have finally, I think now, have finally come together as one unit where we can look at each other as real brothers. And I mean, you know, uh, um, Russia, you know, we, we, we're probably not that far in age. Right. Mm -hmm. And we grew up in a time where, you know, if you was African or Haitian or Jamaican or something like that, Southern, Southern brothers and, and brother people that grew up, I grew up in Philly, but my parents, my father's from the South, you mm -hmm. know, he's from Virginia mm -hmm. and my mother's from Philly, but she's, her parents are from Virginia, North mm -hmm. Carolina. So mm -hmm. Southern roots. And we always looked at, Africans or blacks coming from other places in a little weird, a little weird way, the way they sounded, the food they ate and all these things. And so this is a, I, this film showed it showed a little bit of that, mm -hmm. but it showed the respect factor, too. Mm -hmm. He was like, you from Africa. Right. And he says, you got a 4.0. And I think that right there showed a lot because it changed that little scene, changed the dynamic of what. African Americans think of Africans, mm -hmm. right? And I think mm -hmm. that's important, given what we are all going through uh, in this country right now. And in terms of, you know, when when that policeman stops you, he's not asking you if your parents are from Nigeria or right. Kingston mm -hmm. or or Charlotte or, or you know right. mm -hmm. or, or South Hill, Virginia. He's they looking at the black skin. And I mm -hmm. think now we we uh, at a point in 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 this. Um, you know, in this journey of, of African people that we all together now, mm -hmm. you know, we can look at each other and respect each other. It takes a lot. It took a long time for that. But I think now we probably, you know, we can respect each other when we see each other. You know, when I when I think about this, when that four, I remember that scene because they mentioned that four point four point oh great point average like three times in the movie. What mm -hmm. I took away from that Solomon and Benny, what I always tell people, when you have value, when you create value, then there's a need or want for you. You know, because people, always, you know, everybody wants to be a millionaire, but what's your value? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be active. Can you act? And with mm -hmm. more basketball, can you dribble? You know, right. or can you show up for practice on time? And to me, that was a strong moment for me for, for just young black people in general, especially black men. If you create value, then there's a want. You create want, then there's a desire to make you part or make you a whole part of something that's bigger. And that's the whole thing about the Tasmanian devil experience is that, you know, being our players to make us up, uh, you know, we had the cute pearls and all that, so all these different layers, the AKAs and all that stuff. I remember the scene when there was um, at the UC Center, we all know. Wednesday, I don't care what campus you own in America, Wednesday noon, brother. On a campus, that's where you got to be on any campus. Black 
HBCU White Wednesday noon, not Tuesday, Thursday, but Wednesday noon. So I had so many flashbacks in this movie, but it was tied to the realism and the portrayal of the college experience. Because you really gave me the college experience, not only from his point of view, for the other young men who wanted to fit in. Because you can agree with this, Benny. You went to Temple. I went to the University of Houston. So even though it was like, we thought it was a lot of black people on campus. It was only like 2,500 of us. We was it, all together, everybody right. kicked it together. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you thought it was, you thought we was like 50% of the campus, you know. Then yeah. you realize, it's 35,000 white people on this campus. We only 2,500 <laughs> of them. And, but, but that's the black experience. But the, also, I remember I became vice president of the student body, and that was because the black experience allowed me to experience that. But truly, I'm talking to you, Solomon, the black experience, just talking about what's happened in 2020 and, and seeing what happened to George Floyd, George Floyd and watching black men talk, you know, use the N-word like they supposed to use the N-word on the streets, you know, being comfortable in using that. What was your whole ultimate goal besides of being a personal story that you can relate to. You was a fraternity member. Your dad was in the ministry, did radio, some form of entertainment. What was the ultimate journey for the movie Tasmanian Devil? Um, With Tasmanian Devil and also hopefully as I progress in my career, my goal is to show black people as who we truly are. Right. Um, there's a lot of like most of the stuff that, that depicts African-American culture in, in film is us having to overcome some type of system or like racism or slavery, something right. that is, uh, that's something that we have to fight against. But I just want to show us living our lives, like doing things that we do, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my voice as a filmmaker. That's, that's my contribution. I want to make films for black people that, 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 that's just us existing in our everyday lives and showing the different things we can do, not just having to overcome a white system or being inferior to some other kind of race or something like that so with tasmanian devil that's what i was going for as i create as i continue to make films that's what i'll continue to do so uh i'm glad that you saw that in tasmanian devil because I, I hope to do more of it hey man i believe me i saw that in more i saw a talented young man and i'm so happy that benny you're doing that you know basically i, I created money making conversation because so many people will ask me to mentor them you know, and I, I just can't mentor everybody. So I kind of like use these interviews I'm doing with you guys as a form of mentoring. People listen to the interview, they grab your experience, Benny. They grab your experience, Solomon. And it becomes a possibility. Those nuggets that you guys dropped during the interview. Now, you talked about scripts that come your way. You created a, a, a production company with a fellow fraternity brother, Benny. Talk, tell us about your production company. Well, we have uh, Groundwork Studios, and it's uh, we created it myself and Gerald Rawls, who's a, a brother, alpha brother from my chapter, who mm -hmm. I pledged. And we, you know, from day one, we always um, said that we we have, you know, we know that there's something greater that can be done right. in entertainment. So while I was directing videos and having the opportunity to do movies and television, I'm also uh, ha opening myself up to the next voices. And the important, it's interesting to hear Solomon say that because it's, it's funny. This is the first time I'm ha actually hearing his mission statement, funny mm -hmm. enough, uh, of, what he's, <laughs> of what he sees himself as a filmmaker, which I think is great because, you know, when I was uh, trying to come up and make, and, you know, from transition from music videos to film, the knock was that we didn't want to do anything that was black subject matter because right. it really wasn't popular then, right? So we were trying to fit in, get in somewhere um, 
that didn't really happen for me. So the first film I did was Next Day Air, which was the first feature with Mike, Mike Epps and Wood Harris and Omari Hardwick, which is a very black, very... Um, very funny. You know, dark <laughs> comedy, you know, that, that kind of dealt with the, the drug subject matter. Yeah. And it was very relatable to my life growing up in West Philly in a way. Right. Um, and so... That, although, you know, the film is funny and people talk about it, I, mm-hmm. you know, had I made that film in this climate, right. it probably would have been received more or better or bigger, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, or something like that, had mm-hmm. more uh, interest in it. But it was just very hard at that time to get people interested in black movies. Right. And I'm just so glad that I'm able to sit here now, um, you know, some 15 years later from that movie almost and be able to help a young filmmaker tell his story the way that he wants to tell it to to and give it to the world and and the the other great thing um and it's not great but something that's come out of covid is that we don't we don't have to be hampered by the idea of um of what do you call of theaters of theatrical release and so we can put this film out and give it to the audience without having to go through the trades and say oh man we only made you know, three million the first weekend or two million the first week, those kind of things is what I'm really happy about. We can actually service the audience with a great movie and not be worried about um, what the perception is of it based on how many people saw it the first weekend. Well, you know exactly what what I'm saying when you say all eyes on me. It was mm-hmm. a, considered a black movie. It was yeah. only basically domestically released. It was mm-hmm. limited released into foreign selected markets, maybe England, yeah. the Caribbean, maybe South Africa or Africa yeah. in general, where this movie, when it's released February 9th, it's going to be on the entire, it's worldwide release. That's, that's what I really love about streaming. I'm glad you brought that up because I champion streaming, especially when it comes to black products, because we're not limited to what somebody says we should be seen by. Only these people really want to see your movie. Now mm-hmm. people, everybody's seeing your movies, and that's important because it's premiering on Amazon, it's premiering on iTunes. It, these are international platforms, Fandango, yeah. Google Play, uh, Verizon. That is the beauty of why I wanted to make sure I was a part of this interview. You know, I'm going to put it on my social media, I'm going to put it in my newsletter, because my man, you know, like Benny said, you are our future. And I'm not saying Benny and I are ready to die. I'm not saying that, Solomon, okay? <laughs> but you are our future. And it's important that we let you understand, man, look, it's a whole different game out there. Because he's right. Uh, you know, next day air, funny. Boy, that ending, boy, they were shooting up everybody in that ending. I, I mean, <laughs> Benny know I he knew I saw the movie. And so, but it was it was it was it was funny. Uh, Mike Epps, that's my boy, my Harvick, all these things. And so it's all about timing. But guess what? If that movie back there was released domestically, if that movie was released right now, the options of being able to say, I don't like that deal. I'm gonna take that deal over here because I want my product to see be seen by everybody. China, uh, Russia, uh, England, Germany, all of Africa, Italy, you know, Brazil. That's what's going to happen to your project. That's why I like your project, because you're telling the story to me that's very honest and very relatable. And I just want to say congratulations, Mr. Writer, Mr. Director. And I'm glad you had an EP like Mr. Benny Boom to show you the the, the, the stay true to your story because your story related was relatable to me even at my age you made me smile <laughs> that's great cool well Benny I want to thank you for coming on the show Solomon Onita Jr I'm sure I'm going to hear you in the future brother you're a star on the rise man don't stop man I appreciate y'all coming on some money making conversations 
Thank you, Rush. I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Hey, man, right. we, we, Randy, you know I know you're going to have projects in the future. I always know you can come to me, okay? Hey, oh, thank you. I appreciate that, man. All right, then. Alpha, Alpha, Omega, man. We all fraternity brothers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all stay strong. If you want to hear more right, money-making conversations, right. interviews, please hey. go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm with Sean McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>